0: Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serda, and we got a Super Bowl later on today. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, it's, uh, it, it feels like we've been waiting on the Super Bowl for a month um we're all tired and exhausted it's been a very busy week but it is finally upon us and hopefully we will see the Kansas Chiefs bring home another Super Bowl trophy
1: yeah uh, it it is of course the the day we wait for at the beginning of each season especially now in Kansas City uh, they were fortunate enough to get here uh, at times during the season it seemed like that would be a reach but they came on at precisely the right time and it's all built up to today in a matchup against the 49ers
0: so i've been talking all week just about kind of vibes and you know atmosphere and you pointed out too that it does seem like the betting public is still very much on the side of the san francisco 49ers even though I feel like all the vibes like I feel like a lot of media members, a lot of a lot of uh, places that cover the Chiefs full time, a a lot of national media outlets really feel confident in the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of this game. And as I do each and every week, like I've combed over this matchup uh, a dozen different times this week. And the only outcome that I can really come to my come to when it's like, okay, the 49ers could totally dominate the Chiefs in this facet is really if the chiefs just turned the football over and the defense totally falls apart, which hasn't happened all year. And so I still feel extremely confident that the chiefs can win this thing on Sunday, but I'm also like talking myself out of it because I'm like, no, you're too confident. Even though, even though we've seen what this defense can do against anybody all season long.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think, as the season was going on and we got to the the third you know three quarters through and then into the playoffs we we did say i mean we were constantly saying if they didn't make mistakes if they didn't have turnovers if they didn't make penalties that they could beat anyone and they would probably beat anyone and it seemed before that started to happen that it was too much to ask for this particular year and then they finally did it and then they finally did it and i think you've seen them win i mean we've talked about it uh, a lot this year about how They're still a quality football team. They're just winning differently. And throughout the playoffs, I think you've seen a really, really clean, efficient team. And it hasn't been the high-powered scoring uh, that maybe we've seen in years past. But it's a team that really sucks to life, I think, is the best way to put it, out of the game. And really prevents the other team from ever getting into a rhythm and having control.
0: Yeah, it's – I just – and what we've seen from them this postseason, like I I just – I think it's it's me being cautious because I feel like every time I was buying into the Chiefs this season, um, you know, they'd have a really frustrating performance. I'd be like, man, this team just doesn't have it, but that defense is so good, and now they're back here all over again. And we got our final injury report on Friday evening, and the Chiefs officially ruled out guard Joe Tooney. That was totally expected. Prince takewinogo also not getting activated off of injured reserve. Jerick McKinnon's listed is questionable ahead of this game, but everybody else is expected to go. So no changes really from the chief's injury report based on what we've kind of been planning for over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked about how, you know, we, we thought all week that, it would be Nick Allegretti. He's been working at that spot all throughout practice. Andy Reid was pretty straightforward about how you know, it would be a reach for Chitty to play in this game just from a strength standpoint. And so they turned it to Allegretti. And you know, as we found out years ago, the Chiefs really wanted to bolster the depth of their offensive line. And Allegretti is an ample replacement. He had a really nice uh, AFC title game. We've already talked about how he led the Chiefs as far as pass blocking grades according to Pro Football Focus. And he I mean, He's excited for this uh, chance. Uh, you know, this is a player that works really hard behind the scenes and a lot of times doesn't crack the lineup. And so uh, someone that's played in games before, and we'll see what happens. And then when it comes to McKinnon, and I, I think it's still a reach. You know, we've talked a lot about it. I, you know, I talked about my conversation with Clyde early in the, earlier in the week. I, I just still tend to think that it's going to be uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, of course, starter Isaiah Pacheco when it comes to the running back position. I think the point to watch is a uh, wide receiver room and maybe a little bit less about injuries right now and more so about who the chiefs like more. But I, I wonder if Kadarius Tony will be active. I wonder if Sky Moore will be active. I wonder if both are active. I wonder if none of them, uh, none of the, neither of the guys uh, are active. So those are, are kind of the points that we'll be watching.
0: Yeah. I just, as far as the offense goes, it just feels like they've really found the groove here in the playoffs. Right. And I know I think Tony is a little bit more tempting to like, you know, put him out there on a punt return or, or see if you can get the 49ers on, on one play design to him or something like that over sky more. But I tend to think the chiefs know what's working right now. And I would have to imagine that the game plan going into the super bowl is going to be to focus on the guys who have consistently made plays throughout the playoffs for them in Rishi rice, Travis, Kelsey, Isaiah, Pacheco, and, I guess, Pete, uh, a little bit of Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he has come up clutch for the Chiefs multiple times this postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it just goes to show how quickly uh, the narrative on certain players can change. Uh, I think it happened with Clyde toward the end of the year, especially when I had to check about those two games where he missed. And then into the playoffs, it's happened with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He, he was incredibly disappointing this year from a production standpoint, but he's come up big in the playoffs. And two AFC title games in a row, he had the production last year. And then this year I think should the Chiefs win the championship, a lot of people are gonna remember that final play where Patrick Mahomes threw it all the way down the field and they made a on his back catch to really seal the deal and, and send the Chiefs to uh, the Super Bowl here. So uh, I like Mark Wesveld as scantling. I mean, I think the Chiefs really have confidence in She Rice and Justin Watson. So, you know, I don't I don't know if they would go and, and try to draw place for somebody
0: else at this point. And when we're talking about the chiefs offense and how they match up against this 49ers defense, which, you know, that's been a big talking point this season, this 49ers defense has not been overwhelming by any means during their playoff run. And really when you kind of dig into the numbers over the back half of the regular season and throughout the playoffs, their defense has been getting torched on the ground. And, you know, we've seen Isaiah Pacheco come through with some big performances in the chiefs playoff run, but Their running game hasn't exactly been the most efficient thing in the playoffs, but like we already mentioned, it's about not turning the football over, keeping the offense on the field, having these long sustained drives, which is something that they've been executing to perfection so far in the playoffs. So that running game, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to have a role in the Super Bowl because I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a really big role in the Super Bowl, and they've got to exploit that matchup. I think they're absolutely going to be able to find some success on the ground against this 49ers defense.
1: Yeah, I think Andy Reid always used to try to lean into one running back, uh, and now it, it, it seems like he's more so uh, like to have two guys um, you know holding the rocket, so to speak. And I, I think when you look at Clyde, I I think he has had these games and these plays where he's been a really nice third down back to the chiefs. I know they really trust him in the screen game. It seems like, you know, when they have used him sparingly toward the end of the year, it's how we first thought he might be used in Kansas city when he was taken with that last pick in the, in the first round. And so, yeah, I think both players will have a role, certainly more touches for us, a Pacheco, but I, I do think Clyde edwards will have a few, and we'll see what he can do with uh, his opportunities.
0: And for the chiefs pass catchers, like we know Travis Kelsey Rasheed rice are going to have huge roles in the offense, but that's also uh, another spot where you, know, you would think with the linebackers that the 49ers have Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, like, Those are stud linebackers to have on any defense in the NFL, but they've actually been pretty bad at covering tight ends. And obviously they're going to try to key in on Travis Kelsey because we know Travis Kelsey, if he finds success and finds openings and he's able to make some plays that makes the entire offense work for the Kansas City Chiefs. But when you dive into their numbers uh, against tight ends, I was actually pretty shocked at how bad they've been against it. And it kind of makes me think that we're going to get a couple of design looks to Noah Gray or something, too, because it feels like that's a matchup that the Chiefs have probably spent a lot of time trying to find ways to exploit over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think people, for whatever reason, really seem to like Noah Gray and what he brings to the table in this game. I mean, Andy Reid really does find ways to, to use everybody. And so I, I think you're right. I think he is somebody potentially to watch. Uh, you know, as we get closer and as this game draws nearer, I you know I, I think uh, th- there'll be no stone unturned. And uh, of course, Andy Reid, one of the most creative play callers in the NFL, if uh, not uh, the most creative. I know that Kyle Shanahan is on the other side. And so this isn't a situation where you leave anything in, in the book. You know, there's no saving for tomorrow, uh, quite obviously. And so we'll see if there are some surprise plays and potentially some surprise targets that maybe we haven't seen as, as much as this playoff.
0: And obviously um, former chief Traverius Ward, who is in the middle of an all pro season for the 49ers. He's been fantastic since leaving the chiefs and free agency and signing in San Francisco, but he is by far the 49ers most talented cornerback. And I, I would I think a smart defensive coordinator would say, Charvarius, you gotta shadow Rasheed Rice. You gotta follow him all over the field. The problem is the 49ers don't do that at all. Like Charvarius right. Ward plays one side of the field and it would be it would be really out of character in the Steve Wilkes defense for him to travel with Rasheed Rice, but I think that's easily uh the the best situation for the 49ers defense it would just be kind of a shock so i think that's something chiefs fans should really pay attention to if they actually are willing to commit to that and move charvarius ward around the formation to have him shadow rishi rice in this game yeah i
1: don't see any shadowing I, I, and the chiefs move their receivers and tight ends and just pass catchers in general all over you know the line of scrimmage and so it's hard to when you're you know doing that one side uh for one man the other uh to suddenly shift you know like i like we're talking with all the receivers for the Chiefs, I don't think this is a game where you suddenly change your identity. I mean, these are two teams that are left uh, out of 32. And so, and I think a lot of the stuff we've seen all year is going to be the case. Uh, no drastic changes. And it's, it's just who can play the best on Sunday.
0: And uh, as far as uh, the Chiefs and how they match up with the 49ers on offense, like we know how loaded the 49ers are on that side of the ball and you know you want to stop Christian McCaffrey you want to stop Debo Samuel George Kittle Brandon Iuke you're probably not going to stop all of them but the the big thing with the 49ers is limiting them when they first catch the ball not giving up the yards after contact and I think that's why this is such a good matchup for this Chiefs defense because it's another underrated part uh, about them just as an overall unit like they don't give up a lot of yak yards they they tackle and they want to hit people and everybody in the secondary does it all of their linebackers are exceptional at it and the defensive line for as much as they put pressure on quarterbacks, sometimes gives up a little bit but that's the biggest thing going against this 49ers offense is. Better, they're better at it than any team in the NFL. They can turn a five-yard pass into a sixty-yard touchdown if you do not bring them down on the initial contact.
1: Yeah, and I talked with Steve Spagnuolo about this and wrote it in the newsletter. And it's just a, it's a very hard offense to, you know, key in one particular guy. And you know, I think what the reality is, like, there's going to be sometimes when the Chiefs take risks. You know, they, they may double one one player on a, on a given play or a given look and or, you know, they may uh, give a base look and, and send an extra blitzer and, you know, you're going to have to deal with potentially one of these explosive receivers or pass catchers or running backs being wide open and, uh, you know, you, you got to just trust, I think, what Spags has been able to do and really, I think, what the players have been able to do in the sense of um, they've been opponent proof. I've talked about it uh, all week and, you know, you, you have a, a fortunate situation like, various Ward probably isn't going to follow anyone around, but Jerry Sneep will, and I tend to think the player that he will follow. And just talking with these guys is Devo Samuel, and then you trust the rest of the defense to you know be able to stop some of the other um, targets such as a, a Christian McCaffrey and uh, you know George Kittle uh, and a Brandon Ayuk. In uh, talking to a lot of these defensive backs and even the linebackers, they're they're very high this week on just making sure their their eyes are are true. You know, I, I Nick Bolton talked to me a little bit about eye candy in the backfield. You know the 49ers like to do a lot of things with pre-snap motion and to, to get guys off balance and to so be looking at the wrong thing. And so it's a lot of discipline and, and trusting. It's like being selectively aggressive on defense. And you know through what has been now what, 17 regular season games and and three playoff games here, 20 games in, they've been pretty solid in in every game. You know there's only been moments of weaknesses here and there. And so I I just think there's no reason to think that won't we'll continue on on in this game against the 49ers
0: yeah and you you talk about all the motion that the 49ers like to use Christian McCaffrey goes in motion as much as any player in the NFL because he is this do-it-all superstar running back who can catch passes create explosive plays like he is the biggest mismatch for the Chiefs in this game because he is just such a devastating weapon that is so impossible to stop at times so I think that's one of the biggest keys in this game for the Chiefs defense. And then when I was looking back over the course of the regular season, kind of diving into this 49ers offense and trying to figure out, like, how do you slow them down and their matchups against the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, which the Bengals had kind of a down year on defense this year, but Lou Anarumo, still uh, an incredible defensive coordinator. Um, those were the three games where Brock Purdy had the most issues where this 49ers offense had the most issues overall. And and the biggest theme in all of those games is that all of those defenses are talented enough to really disguise coverages and they'll blitz you too. They don't, they don't care about that. Like they're going to try to get after you. And that's one of the things that Steve Spagnuolo and this defense have excelled at this season. Like they, they are one of the best teams in the NFL at, at disguising coverages. And I think that's what gives him the best chance to really give Brock Purdy some issues because we know Steve Spagnolo is going to bring some heat and, and try to pressure him. But it, it's getting Brock Purdy to get confused because we know that Brock Purdy will make some bad decisions if you uh, confuse him a little bit and get some pressure on
1: it. Yeah, he's susceptible, I think, to unraveling uh, where, you know, we rarely see that with Patrick Moss. And I, I think that that's where, you know, the. The spread of the game is, is has been confusing is because I, I think it's not only Mahomes that has the experience of being in this game. It's pretty much the whole team. I mean, there's there's, Rishi Rice, of course, who wasn't here last year. But, I you know, largely this is a similar team from last year. And, you know, that extends to the quarterback position. And even when Mahomes does have a mistake, like an interception, you know, you've, you've seen those clips with NFL films of Andy Reid. Just telling him to keep firing, and, and he doesn't seem to really get at rattled and, and let that tailspin into a, a bad performance. I think that can happen with Purdy, and so I think a, a key part of how this game is going to go is is Purdy settling in and comfortable in the first quarter, after the first quarter, or does it go poorly? Because then I think you know it, it's going to be an easy pick for Chiefs to win this game, uh, You know, and I think it'll be easy to tell early.
0: Uh, I certainly picked them to win this game. I already announced my prediction I got the chiefs winning 27 to 21. I, I think that defense is just going to give the 49ers enough problems that the chiefs will get there on Sunday hopefully Pete, do you have your official prediction ahead of Sunday Super Bowl
1: yeah I you know when I, I, w- I was always favoring the chiefs regardless of you know what the, the the odds and the folks have been been saying and i I was just wondering like what do I think as far as how, um, you know about how, how much, and I I landed on I, I do think this is going to be a little bit more defensive than than folks realize, and uh and so I I got the Chiefs holding the 49ers to 17 points, and I think this is the game just based on what Jordan Love and, and Jared Goff were able to do against the 49ers defense in the playoffs. I think this is the game where the Chiefs offense looks a little bit more like they did in previous years, and so I have the Chiefs scoring 30, a, a, a 13 point win, 30 to 17, uh Kansas City. Um and, and, and maybe for once, you know, with a two-possession uh, score, you know, as I'm predicting, uh, it'll be a little bit uh, less dicey in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs are always playing these close games, and they can, you know, fans stand up out of their chairs, the cardiac Chiefs. Maybe it'll be a little bit more comfortable this, this year in the fourth quarter.
0: He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at Sween. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. Make sure you stay locked into ArrowheadPride.com. We got absolutely everything you need to know ahead of Sunday's Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully the Chiefs will finish off this back-to-back title run after the last one didn't quite go the way that they planned. Um, I will talk to you immediately after the Super Bowl, hopefully celebrating a Chiefs win with Rocky Ganya on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We will talk to you on Sunday after the Super Bowl.
1: Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all of the off season's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.